Welcome to the Revolution Sports Podcast. This is your host, Tyler Wood. Thank you for joining us today on the Saturday of Week 11 in college football. Usually we have roughly about three to four matchups that we really just like to get into the top matchups of the week. This week has just got some really good matchups with some big ramifications through just conferences throughout national contention. There's just a lot of big matchups. So this week we got six we're, that means we're going to cut down the time on what we look at each individual matchup a little bit. We'll still go our normal time frame, 20 to 30 minutes, but we want to get these games and give you an idea of what to look for. I know it's hard for people to be able to watch multiple games at one time, but if you do do that or you just are only going to want to watch one, but you want to know what's going to happen in the other, this is the show for you. We'll break it down real quick. But first game up that we're going to talk about, we got Michigan at Penn State, number six, Michigan. This game's going to be at noon on ABC. Michigan is favored by one and a half, so as you can tell, this game is supposed to be a close matchup, and that makes complete sense. Both teams do not have just offenses that are going to go out there and beat the brakes off of you, but they both have solid defenses. So in this game, you can expect hard-hitting defense, a low, lower scoring. I still think they'll get into the 20s just because we're so late in the year. Later in the year, you see defenses wore down a little bit, especially with some of the matchups these two teams have been playing in, some very high competitive solid matchups I think their defenses will kind of just be they'll be good but I don't think they'll be at their absolute peak level that they'll be at all season so this game expect a very close game when you look at when you look at it though for Penn State you you struggled in some games that you really wanted to win you end up having three losses just a couple of weeks ago that you were sitting at Number, th- number three, number four area, you were talked about potentially the number two spot. Then you play Iowa, you lose. Then you lose to Illinois. Then you lose to Ohio State. It's just been matchups where their offense has just not been able to be up to par, to be up to that level where you need to be. And which really sucks considering that they have a extremely, extremely good defense this year. Their defense has been phenomenal. They have carried them at times. And it's going to have to be a similar similar deal here because Michigan's defense has been phenomenal as well. So I fully expect both offenses to struggle on this. Michigan, they're a run-heavy offense. McNamara, he's going to have to be phenomenal if they're going to win this football game against Penn State, just like he was against Michigan State. The problem is, though, he was still phenomenal against Michigan State, but we still saw them find a way to lose that game. Michigan State came all the way back, was able to beat Michigan and I think you could possibly see something very similar here because I, I just think Penn State's defense is better than Michigan State's for one. So I don't think they'll be able to get up just you know, 12, 13, 14 points like they were in that game against Michigan State. I think it'll be close all the way through. And I think Penn State's defense is going to take away more than what Michigan State was able to. And so that's just a bad recipe, especially with this being an early game at noon. They're going to be on the road at Michigan at the big house. Uh, I mean, excuse me, they're going to be at Penn State. So not the big house, excuse me. Michigan is on the road. Let me clarify that. So they're going to be on the road. This is not going to just be a just a game where their offense is going to be up to complete complete level that they need to be to win this. Penn State is hungry for a top 10 win to be able to get their season back on track, be able to get back into that top 25. So as you can tell, I'm leaning – Penn State in this one, I still think it'll be close. This game could go, I mean, either way. Michigan absolutely needs this game, and I think they understand that because if they lose this, they're pretty much out of the running when it comes down to the to the Big Ten uh, conference title game and 
for nationally because they'll drop, I mean, a good bit if they lose this matchup. So I think they understand that. I think that's why it'll be close. But I just think Penn State just knows that they need this win. If not, they dropped to four losses this year in a year that looked like it had so much potential. You drop down to four losses again. A lot of people looked at this as a failed season. And I think they understand that. But having this will give fans hope again, give the players hope again. I think they really need it. They're at home. So I'm going to roll with Penn State in this one. I think they'll get a close 28-24 to win. Once again, this game is going to be at noon on ABC. So be looking for this one. This would be a good one. But obviously the problem is we know we have so many good matchups. So a lot of people will be watching the Oklahoma and Baylor game, which is also at noon. So just a lot of matchups. But this way you know what's going on. You can check the score. Make sure if you want scores, final scores, what's going on. Make sure you follow our social media pages. That way you get the breaking news when the game goes final for these types of matchups. So other matchup we're going to look at real quick, Georgia at Tennessee. Number one, Georgia, they're going on the road to Knoxville. They're going to play Tennessee at 3.30 on CBS. Georgia is a 20-point favorite in this matchup. And this is the matchup that is getting on my nerves with the way the media is about the, about it. This is the problem with media just in anything, whether it's sports, politics, whatever you want to talk about. Media tries to not basically just report to you what the truth is. They want to fantasize about the big story that could come out of something, or they want to come at you with a exaggerated narrative on certain situations. And so I think this is exactly this the example of this when it comes down to this Georgia and Tennessee game because they want you to think that Tennessee has a shot against this Georgia team. They want you to think that this Tennessee offense is going to be able to go up and down the field on Georgia. Is Tennessee's offense good? Yes, they are. They have been good for the most part of this year. But the thing is, what they don't want to talk about is Tennessee has four losses. Their wins that, that they got last week in that offensive shootout they won, but they only won by three points, and they gave up 42 points to an offense that has been absolutely struggling over the last couple of weeks. And so, I mean, that's been the case with this. They don't want to talk about the other side. They want to talk about that Georgia-Tennessee offense versus defense matchup, and that is the the matchup to watch, obviously, this week. It's going to be a fun one because it's two of the best at their, their respective uh, sides of the ball. Tennessee's one of the better offenses in the country. Georgia's the best defense in the country. So, you're, I mean, going strength against strength, but here's the deal. Georgia has been absolutely solid all year. You know exactly what you're getting from them each and every week. Their defense has not faltered. I do not expect them to falter whatsoever this week when it comes down to it. Yet, do I think there's a potential they could give up more than the 13 points that they have given up? And, you know, the most that they have given up all year in a game. I think there's a possibility of that. There's a possibility of that every week. But because they've been so consistent, I trust them. I think they know what to do. Kirby Smart knows how to game plan. He has been a defensive coordinator forever. He's seen offenses like this. Now he's the head coach. He's helping out with that defense. Obviously, still, it's his defense. We know they'll be ready to go. But here's the flip side. This is what I'm talking about. Some people want to say Georgia on upset alert. There is no upset alert when it comes down to it because Tennessee's offense, I mean, defense has been so bad just in so many different ways over the last couple of weeks. I mean, the last time that they held a team under 20 points was all the way back to Tennessee Tech, which was week four where they gave up zero points. And that we know Tennessee Tech has been an. Not a good football team, obviously. But since then, they have not given up less than 20 points. They gave up 52 to Alabama. They gave up 42, this is what I was talking about, to a Kentucky offense that has been struggling for the last couple of weeks. And this is the type of stuff that I'm talking about. They don't want to talk about Georgia's offense, who has continually been good, who continually puts up points, has been efficient, does not turn the ball over, has done a phenomenal job offense. I mean, on rushing the ball, passing the ball, 
they just don't talk about it. Georgia is top 10 in offense and defense. But like I said, they want to fantasize. They want to give you the upset story, the potential of number one going down. I'm just being honest with you. Don't look forward in this matchup. It's not that type of matchup. Yes, they're in Knoxville. All that plays into it. But Georgia has played at Auburn. They've played in areas where they've been on the road before. They know exactly what to do. This is a veteran team who knows how to come into games like this. They know they have to take care of business early. I think they will. I'm going Georgia 45-10. to 10. Same story. It's basically been all year. I think Georgia's offense will have no problem. On whether they run the ball, whether they pass the ball, I think you'll see a good bit of pass mixed in there this week. They're starting to trust Stetson Bennett back there even more. Do I think he should be the number one option? I still am not. I'm still not down on that completely, but he has been the number one there right now. He's hasn't done a terrible job. He could do better, but they're opening up the offense more with him throwing the ball. So I think you'll see a little bit more of that, especially against a a Tennessee defensive front who has been okay at starts of the game, but because of how fast they play on offense, their defense is out there just just so much. And when the longer they're out there, the harder it is to keep up that, you know, that level of ability of play. So I think you'll see a similar thing. I think Georgia will air it out at first, watch that defensive front slowly get weakened by that Georgia offensive front. They'll run the ball, close it out in the second half, 45-10 Georgia. That's what I'm going with. So that's at 3.30 on CBS. Should be a fun game to watch if you're a Georgia fan, just being honest. So moving on, next game up, we're going to talk about NC State at Wake Forest. This is going to be a big matchup for the ACC. Got number 16, NC State versus number 12, Wake Forest at Wake Forest. This is going to be at 7.30 p.m. on the ACC Network. Wake Forest is favored by two points. This is what I'm talking about. There's so many good matchups this week that a matchup between the number 12 team and the number 16 team is going to be on the ACC Network. I mean, it's crazy. It doesn't make too much sense, but that's just the way it is this week. And if you like offense, get ready for a game of that. Any game that Wake Forest plays in, there's going to be offense. Their offense has been incredible throughout the whole year. We saw that in the North Carolina matchup last week. You're going to see it again this week. NC State's defense has been good. They're only allowing allowing 16 points a game. So, I mean, that's good if you're NC State that you think that will help you out in this. And it should. I don't think they'll score 50 on them. I think they'll be able to keep it in the 40s. I know that doesn't say much. But that's how good this Demon Deacons offense has been. We've seen Sam Hartman. He's just been phenomenal. Every single week he comes out there and just impresses, plays the, some of the best football at the quarterback position you'll see in the country. And if you're Wake Forest and you had a decent defense, I mean, just a decent defense, you could be looking at them at the potential of the caliber that LSU was a couple of years ago. And I know that's a strong opinion if you haven't watched Wake Forest, but Wake Forest has been continually in the 40s, 50s when it comes to scoring. But the problem is they're giving up 40s, 50s when it comes to scoring as well on the defensive side of the ball. So that's what hurts them the most when it comes down to it. That's why they dropped the game last week against North Carolina was because of that. Their defense just couldn't slow them down whatsoever. So it was just back and forth. And when you get into back and forth games like that, anything can happen. And that's exactly what happened in that matchup. So because of that, I think Wake Forest is knocked out of national contention. I still think they could go and win. They'll probably win the ACC, I honestly think. Um, But this this game has a big matchup in it just due to the simple fact that this game will probably be the ultimate decider when it comes down to who is going to go in this Atlantic division side of the of the ACC, who's going to go to the ACC championship. Because if NC State wins this, they'll have a tie one-to-one in conference losses. And so that means NC State will have the tiebreaker, and then NC State will go to the ACC championship as long as they win out. 
So this is what it comes down to. It's a huge matchup for both sides. NC State's offense has been good. Their defense has been was has been decent. The problem is though, with that defense only being decent and your offense not being able to put up the same amount of points that Wake Forest has been able to, I think NC State will be able to get points, but I don't think they'll be able to get enough. So I think you'll see Wake Forest. They'll come out. They'll sling the ball around the field like they normally do. You'll see them come out ready to roll ready to come out there. I think you'll see their wide receivers be able to get space against NC State like they have all year. Um, that's just been the name of the game for Wake Forest. I don't think it changes this week just because, the, you know, how important it is. I don't think they'll slack off from it. I think they'll be they'll come out even more ready. They're at home. To me, that always plays a big factor in college football. Home field advantage plays the biggest factor in college football than it does in any other sport. You can disagree with me on that, but it's I'm, it's just been proven, and so I think that'll be the same case this week. Wake Forest knows what they're up against. I think Sam Hartman will have an absolutely huge monster game. He'll come out here. He'll dominate. I think you'll see Devin Leary for NC State, though. I think he'll play well. I think I said I I, I think this is going to be they're going to be able to get in the 30s. I just don't think it's going to be enough. I think. Wake Forest will end up pulling this one out 45-35, and I think they'll win out the rest of the way. They'll be in the ACC championship. They'll win out. They'll only have one loss. Like I said, the only problem is, though, this year, and this is why I keep talking about expansion, with that one loss, they'll be within the top eight more than likely by the time the end of the year rolls around, maybe five, six. The problem is, though, there's so many good teams above. It's just going to be hard for them to slip in there, and that's why I honestly feel like we need expansion because a team like Wake Forest could get hot at the right time. They're, I mean, they're hot already. They've been hot for pretty much the whole season, but it'd be interesting to see if these teams above them could be able to score with them or slow them down enough to be able to win a football game against them, and it should be proven on the field versus inside a conference room where they tell you who they think is the best team just based off of preference or simply just based off of because – give you an example of how they do with Alabama. Alabama struggles, but they continue to put them at the number two spot. So just based off of past history, I guess you would say, so or past standing. So in this game, I got Wake Forest 45-35. Look for that one. 7.30 p.m. on the ACC Network. Should be a fun matchup to watch. But next game up, got number 19 Purdue at number four Ohio State. This game is going to be at 3.30 on ABC. Ohio State is favored by 21. This is this this is something that, like I said, talking about media narratives that are generated, they want to tell you that Georgia is going to struggle against Tennessee, but then they want you to turn around and expect that Ohio State, who has, been, who has struggled offensively the last couple of weeks, is going to come in here and just absolutely wipe the field by 21 against a Purdue team that has upset two top five teams this year. They beat Michigan State last week. Yes, they have to go on the road to Ohio State, but this Purdue team is a strong, mentally strong football team, and that is exactly what you want having to go on the road in this type of matchup. So this is going to be an extremely fun matchup. I think Purdue is going to be ready to play, and uh, it's just going to be interesting to see. Aiden O'Connell was absolutely dominant against Michigan State. He had over 500 yards passing. Do I think that he can get that on Ohio State? Yeah, I actually do think he could get that on Ohio State because I don't think their defense is all that that is the part of the the reason why I know Ohio State right now they're number two in my rankings just strictly based off how well they've played against lower competition. They've dominated when they've played higher tier competition. They beat them like they're supposed to. They've been consistent in that aspect. But if their defense could get better, I could see them being in heavy contention, like possibly up there with Georgia if they could figure out the defensive side of the ball. That's my problem with them. And so right now, I just haven't seen it yet. So that's why I honestly feel like 
Aiden O'Connell, he'll be able to come in here. He'll be able to get yards. I think they'll be able to keep this close. Ohio State could be on upset alert this week. We've seen crazy things happen all year. There has not been a single team that hasn't really struggled at a single time. And Purdue just seems to be that upset-minded team that continues to be around just whenever the game's get, you know, at the end of the game. They just seem to hang around, and they'll be able to come in there and slip in and get a win. And I think that's the possibility here. But we all know about Ohio State's offense between C.J. Schroen. Henderson, for them, the running back, has been phenomenal. He's come on strong the last couple of weeks. So that was good for them. I think we'll be able to see him, Henderson, have a big game. I think Strahd will figure it out. He struggled a little bit over the last couple of weeks. If he can just make better decisions, sometimes he's forcing it into coverage. He needs to be a little bit smarter. I think they'll be fine. Just take care of the football. Ohio State should be fine in this one. They are going to be challenged, though, on the defensive side of the ball. But with them being at home, I have a hard time going against really good football teams at home. So for me, that's the only reason I'm going to give Ohio State the edge in this one. I got them 35-31 to 31 in this one. But like I said, pay attention to this one. This has potential to get close. Well, I think it'll be close. Has potential to see Ohio State dropping this one. And if they do, they drop the two losses, they'll be in the same position that Michigan will be in if they lose to Penn State. And Michigan State will be in business again with just one loss. But like I said, this is just a matchup for them because they play Purdue now, but they still have Michigan State and Michigan to play over the last couple of weeks, of the, the last basically two, three weeks of the season. So they have to win this one. You lose this one, you have to basically win out. You might eliminate yourself from national contention, but you lose this one and you drop one of the other, other games, you're completely out of the Big Ten race and you have everything right here in front of you. That's why each and every week, like I say, basically once you get to your eighth game of the season, anything past that, it is so hard to come back from once you lose that. And I think Ohio State recognizes that. They have more talent in this matchup. Being at home, I think they understand it. I think they'll find a way to get a close win against Purdue and be able to keep their playoff hopes alive, keep their Big Ten hopes alive, because it ha- they have to win this game if they're going to be able to do all that. And so if they can do it convincingly like – the better thing, like a lot of people given, you know, thinking Ohio State is going to blow them out, that would be great for Ohio State. It'll look better in the, the committee's eyes. It'll look better in everyone's eyes because they have struggled. Not, I wouldn't say struggled. They just haven't been dominant against higher-tier competition. This is an opportunity for them to prove that they can be better against higher-tier competition than what they've played like. So if they can get a 21-point win, a lot of people will – that'll silence a lot of these doubters that are saying Ohio State hasn't been as good as they have been, you know, or they could be. So this is a big game for Ohio State, a lot bigger than what a lot of people realize. And not just because it's a ranked-on-ranked matchup, but because there's just so many factors into it, so, uh, so many chances for them to silence narratives that, they, uh, that they've been dealing with all year. So look for that one. 3.30 on ABC should be a fun one. Upset alert. I'm putting that one on upset alert. So also got Michigan um, and Penn State on upset. You know, that game is an upset alert game as well. So... Moving on from there, looking at the Texas A&M-Ole Miss game. Looking at Texas A&M at Ole Miss. This game is scheduled to kick off at 7 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN. A&M is favored by two and a half. This is going to be a very, very fun matchup to watch. Just for the simple fact that this is a Texas A&M team that has led by a defensive group that has pl- is playing some of the best defense in the country right now. Uh, with they're up there with Georgia I'd say they're two they're right behind they're not playing at Georgia's level defensively but they're right there behind them at number two I don't think there's a better defense besides 
A&M's outside of Georgia. So A&M has played at that level. And then you have to go and you have to go on the road and play Matt Corral and this just really, really strong, efficient Ole Miss offense who can hit you with the rush, also hit you with the pass. So it's definitely going to be fun to watch. And then on the flip side, you got an Ole Miss defense that had a decent showing last week but has been very inconsistent all year. And you're playing against a quarterback, Zach Calzada, who has definitely been up and down as well. So it's just going to be very heavily dependent for A&M, depending on how well Zach Calzada plays. Their rushing tech should be able to get what they want. But at some point, I think that Ole Miss front will be able to slow them down just enough to be able to get off the field. But if Zach Calzada is not on, I mean, Texas A&M could struggle in this matchup just a little bit. But I think he'll be at his his best. I think Jimbo Fisher will come out with a good game plan. If we had to get him some, I guess you'd say, efficient throws, some efficient pass plays earlier on just to give him some confidence to get the young quarterback on the road in a matchup of this caliber. I mean, game day's there. College game day from ESPN's there. They got so much going on for this matchup because it decides a lot. If A&M wins this one, they still stay at the two losses that they lost earlier on in the year to Mississippi State and Arkansas. And if they win this one, they stay at the two losses. Alabama's got one right now. If they drop either to Arkansas or Auburn, A&M has the tiebreaker against Alabama. They could go to Atlanta and play Georgia in the SEC championship. So this has a lot of ramifications for A&M. They're trying to win out the rest of the way. They win this one, they're in good shape because they're not going to play anybody else who's ranked the rest of the way. They'll be sitting pretty just waiting for Alabama to drop a game. But this is the matchup they have to win. This is basically like their Super Bowl at this point of the year. But you know Ole Miss on the other side. They got Matt Corral. They got a good group there. They understand what A&M wants to do. They would love to play spoiler. Lane Kiffin would love to beat Jimbo Fisher and play spoiler in this matchup. And I think they're going to be able to have a shot on this one. Just, I mean, you, you have one of the better offenses in the country. You have one of the better quarterbacks in the country. You're an offensive genius as Lane Kiffin. I think they'll have a game plan where they'll be able to score on this A&M defense. I think they'll be able to score at least 31 in this matchup. So they got 31. Question is, though, what does Texas A&M, are they able to match? Are they able to score more? We don't know yet. They've been very up and down, but I just think because A&M understands the the expectation level they have for them the rest of the way, the way they've been playing, but also just the, the understanding that if they win this one, they have everything in front of them as long as Alabama can drop one matchup and seeing how Alabama plays they feel confident that that could be a major possibility so you have to win this this matchup right here and just due to that fact I think A&M will find a way to pull it out this is there's just so many games this week that could just go either way and this is another one but I'm going to go with A&M their defense has played so well I think they'll be able to get stops when they absolutely need to they'll come up with some big plays when they absolutely need to so in this one, I'm going to go A&M 38-31. I just think Calzada will be able to start out, get some efficient throws early on, be able to get in a good rhythm. That is going to help complement that run game. They'll be able to score pretty easily at that point if they can get that complementary offense going and against this very inconsistent Ole Miss defense. So they can do that. I think it can be a good game for them. I think they can come out and be able to score at least 38, win this 38-31, to at least get a one-touchdown victory. 
get out of there and they'll be in good shape going down this stretch run. And obviously, either way, they win out. Even if they don't go to the SEC Championship, they're playing for a New Year's Six Bowl. That's huge for this program. It's helping on the the recruiting front. We saw them get the number one recruit for the 2022 class. So that's huge for them. That's huge for Jimbo Fisher there. That's the type of stuff and why you got to keep winning, why you got to continue to develop a culture. This is one of those games they do that. It helps them in all those facets. So I think they understand that. I think they're going to be ready for it. And uh, I think they'll come out with a win. 38-31. This game's on ESPN at 7 o'clock. Should be a fun one to watch. Just so many different games on it so many different times. It's going to be a lot to keep up with. But Next game up, biggest game of the week, just because of the sheer ramifications from it. We got number eight, Oklahoma, at number 13, Baylor. This game is at noon on Fox, the big noon game. Oklahoma is only favored by five and a half. So you have undefeated Oklahoma having to go take on a Baylor team that is coming off a very, very close loss to a, I wouldn't say very good TCU. They're not a good team at all from TCU, but they just lost their head coach there. They come out. They come out fired up. They end up pulling off an upset against Baylor. And if you're Baylor, that absolutely just – it makes you mad, obviously, because you still – you had everything in front of you national contention-wise. You continue to win out. You get to the Big Ten, Big 12 title game. You got everything in front of you, and then you go and blow it by two points to a TCU team. So I think Baylor and this one, I think they are mad in this one. I think they come out ready to play. It is going to be a very, very close game. I feel like Baylor's defense is a good defense. I think they'll be ready to compete against this Oklahoma offense. So for me, this game is just going to come down to that Baylor defense, Oklahoma offense. We know Caleb Williams has been great. I think this is the game, though, that we could potentially see him as a young player and his first huge matchup of this caliber. I think we could see him falter a little bit, be able to throw a couple of picks. I just feel that way, and I don't know if their rushing offense would be able to help complement him against a strong Baylor defensive front. So just this could be the game that Oklahoma finally, after all season where they've played opponents close, this could finally be the game where they see them meet their match and really struggle. They're on the road. It just seems like a very, very good situation for Baylor right now. Coming off that loss, guys are fired up. It's Oklahoma. They want to be able to give them their first loss. They're number eight. They would love to be able to ruin their season because we already know for Oklahoma in this one, the committee has already not respected any of their wins from the start of the season till now because of how close they've been. They're one of the undefeated teams. They're 9-0, but they still sit at number eight. There's one loss, plenty of one-loss teams sitting in front of them. So you lose this one, you're going to drop – And it's going to become very hard, even if Oklahoma wins out, to see them be able to get in the top four. So for Oklahoma, this game means absolutely everything for you. You have the opportunity to silence all the doubters, be able to come in and win a huge top 15 matchup that will not only help you the Big 12, help you nationally, but just on the flip side, I just don't think it's a good matchup for them. Like I said, this is Caleb Williams' first huge matchup that he's going to play in. He's going to play a good defense. Baylor's offense has not been bad. Their rushing attack has been phenomenal all year. Their quarterback has been very efficient when he's needed to, and Oklahoma's defense has still not been good all all year. We've seen them struggle against the likes of Kansas. We've seen them struggle against Texas. We've seen them struggle against basically everyone on the defensive front. They were hoping to have a better defense this year. It hasn't happened, and I I just don't see how that magically flips here, especially when you got to go on the road to Baylor. So it just seems like a perfect storm for me for Baylor in this one. For Oklahoma, I think this is where kind of just a 
the road ends for them when it comes to just barely skipping by and losses. And I could be wrong. This could finally be the game where Oklahoma silences everybody, proves to everybody that they're a top-four team and should be up there. I mean, you win this, you vault yourself up until at least number six, maybe number five, and you're sitting right on the outside. You finally got that respect. You got all just two games left after this in the regular season. Then you go to the Big 12 title game. You win. You're in the playoff and you got to got a shot to play for a national championship. So that's what they're hoping to do. Do they do it? We don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. But for me, it just seems like a perfect storm for Baylor in this one, being at home, the first big matchup for Caleb Williams to see if he's going to be able to win against a really good defense. This isn't like Texas where Texas defense was a no-show. This is going to be a defense that is going to be ready to play. Coming off a loss, they're going to be ready to bounce back from that. I think Baylor's got it this week and a very, very, very close one, 31-30. to 30. Like I said, this game is at noon. Also, a noon game. Like I said, noon games you have to watch out for. That's another factor. But being on the road, noon game, early game, first big game for Caleb Williams. You don't know if the rushing attack is going to be complimentary enough. Just so many different factors in this one. I just got Baylor 31-30. to 30, Very, very close. So, Going to be some extremely fun matchups to watch this week. Going to be some huge matchups that are going to affect conference play, going to affect national rankings, college football playoff rankings. Obviously, those will come out Tuesday. We will have a reaction for you on those Thursday in the sports episode of the Revolution Sports Podcast. But once again, though, fun games to watch this week. Definitely if you want, you know, definitely make sure you're watching all these different games. But if you're not, you listen to this, be able to get an idea of what you're, what's going on in all the different matchups around the country. But with that said, though, that's what we got for you today in the College Football Week 11 Preview and Prediction Show. Thank you for joining us. We did not have an article this week. Schedule, like I had said in the last podcast, has been crazy. Bear with us. We'll get back on schedule next week like we're supposed to. But we wanted to definitely have this preview and predictions for you just like every single week. We skipped the politics episode yesterday. We will have that Tuesday, so be looking for that. Monday will be a recap of all the action from the weekend of sports. We will have that Monday at 8 o'clock as scheduled, so be looking for us there. But once again, if you're looking for updates on all these games, on all the matchups of this weekend, make sure you go to our website at therevolutionsports.com. Go find the social media icons down there. Click it. It'll take you to our social media web pages. Make sure you go on there. Follow us. Like us. Do whatever you got to do to make sure you are getting all the updates from when these games go final, so that way you don't miss any of the action, and you can just follow us for any other news that breaks. So make sure you do that. But once again, thank you for joining us today. Enjoy week 11 of college football and we'll see you in the next one.